0: Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I am Dr. Ray.
2: And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships.
1: Check us out online at synergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review or send any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on the Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years.
2: You know, everyone says you should work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of.
1: With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome a special guest, Angela. Angela Zenders, thank you so much for being on our podcast and co-hosting with us today. Again.
0: Yes. Hi. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays.
1: Yes, yes. And Happy New Year also, which is coming up right next week. So just want to say to all of you out there, we are so grateful for all of our listeners and for those of you tuning in to Couple Synergy. Uh, It it really makes us feel like we're making a difference, you know, in doing this podcast and getting this great content out to you, our listeners.
2: We're really excited because we are nearing 100,000... unique downloads
1: yes we are we are and hopefully we'll be able to start off 2022 with 100,000 plus unique downloads yeah that would be awesome yeah you know i I just wanted to read off a review that we got from daryl and veronica who we had interviewed they are with alliance seminars coaching and uh if if you haven't heard their episode definitely check it out because they you know, they are uh, a military couple, and they have mentored military couples, and, you know, they have some really great, you know, kind of perspective and feedback. Uh, but they, they wrote a review for us.
2: Oh, great. Yeah, they
1: said, Ray and Jean asked awesome questions that led to a great discussion on relationships and reaching your marital potential. In addition, the topics led to information that will help listeners on a couple's growth journey and provide them with relationship practices That they can easily adapt. Ray and Gene have created an outstanding way to take their experiences and those of their guests to help build community throughout the virtual world.
2: Wow, that's perfect. That's like totally our goal.
1: Yes, that was really an awesome review. Thank you so much, Daryl and Veronica. We wish you all the best. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is...
0: How about I throw in the topic? All right. (laughs) It was a topic that we already, um, you know, had thought about uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, so then we wrote it down so we could be sure to podcast it. And this came from our own interactions. The quote was something like, You can't feel comfortable with someone. Unless you can joke with them and fight with them,
1: yeah, I, I think this is a, a really good topic, and I know we all three of us have been talking about it. You know, going back and forth about this this very topic.
2: Well, we're empty nesters, and we've had at least one of our kids in our home since December eleventh, and it's December twenty. 20- well, 28th, you guys will be here until, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very different. You have to, you know, consider other people when you are living in confined spaces with people that you haven't really lived with, and we all have different habits.
1: And so... You mean it brings about some tension?
2: <laughs> the holidays never
1: do that. No, no. Holidays are so easy for everyone. So, Andrew,
2: used to be in control in your house, and then we're all together, And you have your ways and you have your ways. I have my ways. The other kids have their ways. And sometimes we kid each other about that.
1: Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially me. I'm a big kidder. I think that's why we started this topic, right? Yeah. Is because I'm a a big kidder. Mm -hmm. I kid around with people. But then I said, well, I, I can't joke around with someone that I don't feel close to.
0: hmm and right? then Gene threw in the fight with, right? Because right. if you felt close to them, you figured you could fight with them as well.
1: You know what's interesting is that the Matrix just came out with its newest, <laughs> its latest movie, right? But there is a, a an awesome quote in one of the Matrix where Neo is fighting this, this one guy who helps the Oracle. You know, he's like the bodyguard of the Oracle. And he starts fighting him, and then the guy stops him and says to Neo, you can't know someone truly until you fight them or fight with them. And it, it kind of it relates to what we're talking about here, right? Is in order to really know someone, you have to be vulnerable with them. And with vulnerability comes... Frustration comes, you know, stress and difficulty getting along. I mean, thats I think that's just part of growth.
2: It's part of relationship. You can't be honest and be politically correct. It's not possible. There's no nice way to say, hey, what you're doing is pissing me off.
1: (laughs) Right? Right. And
0: if you try to be nice, that comes out as passive-aggressive. Right.
1: Well, it, it's just not going to come out genuine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could see how it would sound passive aggressive. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's just not going to sound genuine. And what you're doing is you're holding back your your true feelings of, you know, maybe frustration. And, and that's okay. But where where does it become a problem? Like, you know, holding back and, you know, keeping it in. We know that we... That's a problem, right? Uh Because you're not being honest. You're not developing the relationship. But then where is kidding around? Where can that become a problem, right? Where can actually voicing what you feel inside become a problem?
2: When you get squeezed, right? Right. What do you get when you squeeze an orange?
1: You get orange juice. Why? Because that is what is inside.
2: And it doesn't matter if Angie squeezes the orange? No. Or your boss or whoever, right? So I think that it's like the the hindbrain, right? The hind brain that's really reactive. Once you get a certain level of something, we all have a switch that flips. Mm-hmm. And it goes from kidding to attack.
1: not so funny.
2: Not so funny. And and we you go into attack mode because mm-hmm. you're like back off, right? Would you say?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So That's a really important thing because I really believe that anything that you can talk out loud about, you can resolve and fix. It's the things that aren't being said that are even a bigger problem, even if the things that are being said are not coming out nicely.
1: Well, then I, I think it comes down to intention then. Like, what is your intention? Right? Kidding around if the intention is to, you know give little jabs out of a place of endearment, then I think that that is very different than kidding around from a place of trying to uh, poke.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a difference. I'm I'm just thinking the content so far might get things mixed up, right? Because we started out with this idea of telling someone uh, that, what they're doing is pissing you off. That's not the same as what I think what we're talking about with the joking, right? Like the the way like just the idea of like Ray joking with me, I don't think it's because I'm doing something that's pissing you off, right? That's getting you angry.
2: No. No, it's his joking that gets you angry.
0: (laughs) Oh. Okay. Right?
2: (laughs) At a certain point.
0: Sometimes it has.
2: It seems to me too, if there's like a, a volley going back and forth like if you're joking or teasing someone and they tease you back Mm -hmm. it feels better Mm -hmm. than if it's like five shots at one person
1: yeah then you're you're actually picking on someone yeah Mm -hmm. I, i think that's very different then and then it also goes back to what what's the intention behind it right i mean are you just are you like the little kid poking their sibling in the back of the car like poke 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 just to get a rise out of them right or are you actually trying to connect and use humor in a way to connect
2: i think the humor does soften the maybe some of that initial tension and if it if it stays in that place where both people are sort of pushing on that in the same rate like balanced.
1: the valley like mm-hmm. if it's balanced right
2: yep then i think that does lead to the connection if it's out of whack, I think it finds a way to correct itself.
0: Mm-hmm. So then maybe the next step, the third thing here is, if if we're going off of you can joke with someone and fight with them, right? And feel comfortable. If you can do both of those things, then you gen, genuinely feel comfortable with someone. Then that means there's love there, right? And you can't, maybe in order to... To have some kind of love, that bond in any kind of relationship, you have to be able to do those two things.
1: I, I would agree. I, I would totally think that that's a, you know, a, a requirement for a relationship. And you think about just group therapy, all right? In all of our training, when we went through that, you know, learning about group therapy, what was the most important part of the group? It was the conflict, mm. right? And so if a group came together and you're doing group therapy and they're just being very kind and very nice to each other and they're holding back their opinions, you don't have a good group. You're not going to get to anything. You're not going to get to issues and help people really resolve things. So it's only until the group starts challenging each other. That's the that's the part where but the change actually happens.
2: Before that happens, there has to be rapport. There has to be some level of connection, right? In order for the group to sustain pushing through a conflict to grow through something, right? Right. And so that's what you're talking about. There has to be that connection. It has mm. to be there. If if you're walking down the street and someone comes up and starts joking with you. It's very weird. Oh, no, you'd,
1: you'd be like, what, what's going to happen yeah, now? Like, It'd be uh, that very was weird. unsettling, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Because you don't know them, and you don't know if they're trying to manipulate you in some way or what's what's their agenda,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So that rapport, what you're talking about, that bond has to be established first in order to feel comfortable to have conflict. Mm-hmm. And it's only through conflict then that the relationship can evolve and become stronger.
2: And I think when you go through that, you also learn who you are, right? When you have those difficult conversations and you have to answer difficult questions, you have to do some some soul searching to express yourself in a way because you're sort of, it's not like you're being challenged, but you're being asked to identify something more, at a depth level within you of how you feel about something, right? No matter what that thing is.
1: Right.
0: And you do that a lot, Jean, with um, asking me, how does it feel? How do you feel? <laughs> and there's times where I don't want to tell you because also it's hard to say. Or I I mean, in my own waterfall of a brain, I figure whatever truly I'm feeling it says way more about me in the situation than what I'm pointing at as the problem, right? Or to blame.
2: I think that's true for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we um, are in that place where it feels that intensity is something, something that may be in, in a different relationship with something that was not safe. Something that was not okay. Mm. And I remember when when we were first dating, I argued a lot with people. Do you remember that? I debated.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I think I actually said that to you. And that
2: was something that was very common in my house Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and something my dad did, my siblings did, and it was like normal for me. And it was sort of like if you stayed with it long enough, you'd realize that you're both sort of saying the same thing and maybe just from a different perspective but I don't do that so much anymore.
1: But again, mm-hmm. I, I think we have to go back to intention. Because if someone were, were debating with you because they wanted to understand you more and it it could potentially create a stronger bond, I think that intention is very different than someone debating with you just because they want to make you feel uncomfortable or they want to put you in an uncomfortable position Right for kind of some type of power, you know, power and control struggle, mm-hmm. or
0: because they want to win, right? Because they, they want to win, if right? They're debating because they want to win, whatever that means. Then right. that is not what you're talking about, exactly. right? That's not going to help a relationship,
1: better. right? Because I mean, the intention is now, you know, it's not pure, right? And it, it, the intent is not to connect, uh, create connection. It's really to cause more disconnection.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems to me that. Guys are really good at this. They're really good at taking shots at each other and mm. following it back and forth and
1: not taking it so personally. I don't know if women are so good no. at that.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. No.
1: You know, I think that, that's a really good point to bring up because um, if, you know, when when I meet a guy for the first time, you know, you're, you're kind of feeling each other out, you're trying to, you know, figure out where the other person's coming from. And it quickly does get to this kind of joking around with each other if you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. If you don't, it just stays very formal and it dissipates. The the relationship doesn't continue on. Because you can't
2: fight with someone you can't joke with.
1: Right, right. But in this case, the rapport... Mm -hmm is not fully built it's kind of like humor is used in a way to continue building the rapport
2: i gotta give a shout out to uncle john with that one (laughs) because you and him it was always really funny like we'd go camping and you'd be like oh uncle john he's gonna know i messed this up or something (laughs) and now we're really close with them and and it's very different than like i haven't heard you like be like oh you know Well, if a tent blows down, okay.
1: But he would, they would rush to go get their spot, get set up, and then be able to watch us set up camp (laughs) and, you know, have some, uh, some jokes about it. About what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Mostly what we're doing wrong. Right. But it, but it became a source of, you know, that connection and, and building that rapport.
2: Yeah. And I would say with women, it's like, If you try to joke with them too early, it's so offensive to them. Mm. Like, we're so much more sensitive. Like, what do you mean by that? You know, (laughs) it's like, I don't like that person. I don't want to go buy them anymore. Like, we're much more like that for some reason.
0: And I think generally for me, I'm more conservative right just in the fact of like deciding if I'm going to joke with someone and so this is generally whether it's a man or a woman right so like a potential friend or a co-worker I don't think I generally start out with the joking I, I have to sense something that makes it feel safe enough
1: mm.
0: or maybe it's easier for me to sense when it's not safe enough
1: okay that's, that's interesting, interesting yeah, yeah.
2: I think I do typically James buy me a coke. I think I do typically joke with people I don't know. Like I'll throw something out there and it might actually be a joke about myself or a joke about like something about the environment, not a joke about them,
1: mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm.
2: So, and that kind of can be a little bit of an icebreaker?
1: Yeah, I would say I kind of use it as like a temperature gauge to kind of see where that person is at, you mm-hmm. know, and if I can connect with them or relate with them. You know, keep in mind that I grew up with two younger sisters and my mom was really the person that stayed at home and raised us. My, my father was, you know, worked long hours, so I rarely saw him, you know, and there wasn't much of a joking relationship that I had with him at all. So for me, humor was not modeled. And so the the humor that I would uh, be in contact with was with my peers, you know. And so that whole guy stuff where guys would kid around with each other and that sort of thing, it was not, it it didn't come second nature to me at all. So I grew up learning how to use humor in a way to test the waters and see if this is a, a safe person to develop a relationship with.
2: That's interesting because whenever I see you with your friends from high school, yeah, that's you always start out joking, right? Calling each other some weird thing or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you don't say hello, you're like,
1: right? Yes, hey salamander, or some, you know, yeah, some really weird things. Yeah, you,
2: can, you guys do a lot of joking. That is true. I I think it's really interesting too when you look at male female relationships because women are more sensitive, uh, we'll get really uptight about some things, something that bothers us. And if our partner jokes with us, they can usually crack us, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then we don't take ourselves so seriously and we laugh with them. We're like, okay, uh, we're all funny. And in a very long-term relationship, there has to be those ebbs and flows of, you know, Pushing on something, having conflict, and the conflict can actually get resolved then with joking. So the joking can start a conflict and it can end it.
1: (laughs) Well, one of the most important things that women look for in a relationship is whether, you know, the man can make them laugh. Humor, yeah. Humor.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it is a number one, you know, top three characteristics that women look for. Do you know what chemistry gets released when we're laughing. Oh, that's adrenaline and, you know, all of the feel-good dopamine, feel-good uh, neurotransmitters.
2: So we had that couple on, the laughter couple. Right. Right. And they were just saying even fake laughing is going to release those chemicals. And, and I think the fact that the female brain is so uh, over, like, paying attention to so many things, that humor makes you get right back in your body and forget about all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because our mind is always like, okay, I got to do this. I got to go over there. The kids are here. This is that. that, that." We have that brain that's just always looking for what's next, what's next. And that humor helps us just totally drop all the balls and just be present.
0: (laughs) So so then I was figuring in this episode, we'd bring um, our own examples. And then that just reminded me of one (laughs) Which was today, no, yesterday, today, and yesterday, and all the days we've been together, where. someone asked me a question in the dining room right and it was a yes or no question Mm -hmm. but I end up explaining I start talking and I say this if it depends on this etc right and then he's like wow that was a long way to answer it so do you mean no (laughs) so see in a way that's that is an example of a joke right which again if we're talking about another woman, right, that comes and gives you a meta report, you might not say something, right? If you're not comfortable with them. No, if
1: I don't know them, I'm not going to kid around with them, right? Because they might take it personally. They might think that I'm criticizing them or making a judgment, you know, Mm -hmm. about them.
0: So, So then, how are you sure that I wouldn't feel that way?
1: Oh, because... If you did, I would just make another, crack another joke (laughs) and and make it even more funny.
0: I would say, okay, that's your answer. (laughs) I would say if, if, like, let's say if I did, which sometime in the past, I'm sure, when you tried to joke, Mm -hmm. I took it personally, then maybe I would ask you or push you or blow up, right, in a way, and then you'd have the opportunity to explain. Like, I'd still be around to listen to your explanation. Mm-hmm. right? Whereas not everyone would. Right. If we're not close to them.
1: And, you know, in those cases, if you would blow up or whatever, I would just, you know, get a kitchen towel, i put it on your shoulders, <laughs> and I would say, now you're super pissed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which you've never done before.
1: No, but there's a... First for everything.
2: You know, according to the research, 69% of who we are will never change. And those are the edges that we have to learn to really just be tolerant and and accepting of people around in order to have a relationship. Because if you are going to be so sensitive that you can't tolerate other people's differences, you can't really be in relationships with people. And those are the things that are kind of funny. Right. That we all do all these quirky we, little things. Yeah, we all have quirks. hmm
1: Absolutely. And.
2: Like yours is, you always <laughs> say no. First First thing about everything, you'll say no. No.
1: Nope. No, that's not nope. true. See?
2: <laughs> and that's just something that, you know, I watch you do that with the kids and then it's different for them because I'm just like, oh, whatever, It'll that's not the final answer, it's the first answer. And then you've heard it and been like, oh. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, just
0: let it simmer.
1: (laughs) You've you've heard it too?
0: I've heard you say no. Say no, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we all have it. And that joking kind of helps us release some of that tension when it's not such a great fit of how weird we are as Mm -hmm. people. You know, like I don't like plates in front of me. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: It's... Yes, and we can make fun of that because that's really, really funny when you do that. (laughs) But it's about understanding where it's coming from, right? I have a client who does the same thing where he says no every time his wife wants to try something new. And for him, he explained it in that he takes a lot longer to make decisions about things. So for him saying no, it's really let me think about it right? Give me some time to process that. And he's feeling pressured to make a decision in that moment when he needs more time. So to understand where that's coming from, then it, it helps so that, you know, the partner doesn't take it personally then.
2: That's interesting because when I ask you a question, you usually take a full 30 seconds to a minute before you answer. Right, we had this in the car today. You asked yeah. him a question, and he didn't answer,
0: mm-hmm. and then, and you're then like, I started, <laughs> I started responding to what I would have thought he'd answer.
1: <laughs> so, so you were assuming what was going on in my head.
0: Oh yes, and are then
1: we- you responded <laughs> in response to that assumption. And for me, in my head, it's the gears are turning, and there's smoke coming out of my ears, and I'm trying to process and think of something sometimes sometimes I'll forget whether I actually answered it or not
2: I've noticed
1: yeah like I'll think about what I want to say or answer and then I'll forget whether I actually verbalized it or not
2: yeah and I can see that in your family your your siblings they're both way more indecisive even than you are
1: Mm-hmm. And you
2: were called impulsive because you made a decision within a minute.
1: Faster than.
2: Where for them it might take an hour to even, you know, Sometimes they won't and even weigh make this a decision. and weigh that. Yeah. And so that's part of what happened in your family, right? Right. Yeah. And so that's that initial no from right. you is it's not no, it's really let me think about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's easy to take that quirk personally. And we see couples fight about those things, you know, and it causes more distance and then they put the guard up even more. And now they're just fighting at that superficial level, you know, over little things when if they would just take the time to truly understand where that quirk is coming from, then it's actually going to be a place that they can bond from. But then making fun of it later on is is lighthearted. It's mm-hmm. not something that's gonna be mean. Right.
2: Right. It's like the British are so fabulous at insulting sweetly. Hmm. Right? And you know who's really good at that? Alec.
0: Oh. Right?
2: And he will
1: <laughs> And and for all you UK <laughs> listeners out there, it is <laughs> such a place of endearment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And so Alec is, he'll say something in the best way. Like, you'll be like, we're going to go do this. Do you want to go? He's like, oh, that sounds fantastic. I can't. <laughs> or something. Oh, you know, like he'll, he'll make it seem like he's missing out when he for sure doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that.
0: <laughs> and it doesn't hurt your feelings, right? When he says it about something you want to go to, it doesn't hurt your feelings.
2: Even if it does, it doesn't last very long. Alec is easy with that. You know what I mean? There's such, I think, a strong bond that I don't really take offense, and he's mostly super funny. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't always like to do a lot of stuff. But uh, but he's got really wonderful qualities that are <laughs> in a different way. And, and that's, I think, what we're talking about, all these different kind of – like he's cooked us massive, all these meals, and they're fabulous. He's more of a homebody,
0: though. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to go back now, which I will, to this idea of fighting and joking, because we did an episode, at least one, right, about uh, humor in relationships, Right. right, with your partner, how to make fun of your partner kind of stuff. So then this one, if we're incorporating this idea of fighting and comfort, I was just thinking about how when you have a big fight with someone, you know your romantic partner or someone in the family, etc. Right? Or like when we all fight, <laughs> that part of fighting doesn't feel good, right? When it's a lot of anger and sadness and hurt and all of that. But I think that that kind of discomfort um, amplifies the comfort when there is the joking. So I think of when Ray jokes with me and you too, Jean, but it's still different, right? When, because sometimes my brain doesn't know if you're joking, right? Are you serious or not? So I know that you're joking when there's a smile, Right like a really good smile like usually ray does the eye shift (laughs) like like he he throws out his joke and then he shifts his eyes to see my response right and if i see him smiling it's like very comforting right because i think in the back of my head i know you're joking with me because you love me and it's comfortable so that's comforting to me
2: that's interesting we um We did some research, I think we talked about this before, about kids that grow up in a home where there is a lot of uncertainty and conflict, Mm -hmm. and they see a a picture of a person smiling or a picture of a person with a neutral face or a picture of a person with an angry face, they're more likely to identify the neutral face as a
1: problem because
2: they can't read the situation because there wasn't proper emoting in the house.
1: Mm-hmm. There's always like unpredictability in their home. And so it, they're always on edge.
2: So I could see if someone has that where it would be difficult for them to discern, oh, they're just kidding versus they're not. And it, and it might activate something even if they are joking 100%, but it feels like not maybe safe. Mm-hmm and i think those are the things that take time in relationships to really understand like our our partner's joking language and you know if this is really something that is fun and lighthearted and we can tolerate because we're in this relationship and we're not going to like everything about each other or if it's something's a problem and they're joking about it
1: well that i mean that goes back to building that bond and mm-hmm understanding your partner and what their intentions are, where they're coming from, you know, and building humor along with your conflict resolution skills. I, I think they go hand in hand. And I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about, Ange, is that mm-hmm. they do lend to each other, you know, in developing the relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
2: Would you say over time, those things have changed?
0: Well, first, I, I'll say of what you're talking about, although in ways it's unclear, but yeah, maybe that's the case for me. Like, being around uncertainty, and then, you know, as especially when we started out with Gene, you didn't joke with me so much, right? That's (laughs) like, that's not your style, right? At least with me. Whereas (laughs) Ray, that's, that's what you want to do all the time. So yes, so it was harder. Now it's gotten easier, right? But could you ask your question again to make sure I understand it?
2: Yeah, I was just sort of thinking about like, even with Ray and I, like if I think we joke differently with each other now than we used to. And I was just wondering if you had that experience too of, I mean, you've been part of our family for how many years? 11 something?
0: 12. 12
2: years. So not only are you around us for 12 years, but you also have gotten 12 years older. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that happens obviously to all of us it's the longer we're in a relationship, relationship mm-hmm. the older we are and the more time we have with each other. And so it, I think it does change over time, do you think?
0: Yeah, and I guess in some ways it's hard to remember what was the beginning like, you know, to really point out that this is different now. Yeah, I I think it changes. And maybe I joke more than I ever did, right?
1: Yeah, I would say. I would say you joke more, which is comforting. You're, you
2: know that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're playing in the snow and they're having this little casual snowball fight and then the guy goes full on on the girl and like smashing her face in the snow and like really pummeling her like like that's how you used to be
1: how what i used to be yeah oh
2: like if if i (laughs) if i was joking with you like on a scale of one to ten like a three you'd come back with a nine hmm and it was like the it was like the sledgehammer thing, mm-hmm. and you're not like that anymore, mostly.
1: So you're saying I won? <laughs> You've mellowed, <laughs> right? Uh, it it seems it
2: seems much more like a synergy. There's more of a flow to it than than the rough edges that we had in the beginning. It's it's more banter. It's Lighthearted, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know.
1: Well, that would just lend to development over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very easy for couples to not get to that place of refinement, you know, in their humor or banter or even their fighting skills.
2: And I would say there's times, especially, well, no, for both of us and probably you too, we where we're just more sensitive. And you can't joke. <laughs> hmm. It's like one of those times that you just, it's going to instantly go to conflict because the mood you're in or the stress levels that you have or what, whatever pressures are going on in your world that it's like, uh-uh, you know, I need to let off some steam, so guess what? Mm-hmm. If you joke with me, it's probably going to open a floodgate.
0: <laughs> and I wonder if, uh, well in any relationship, you could give a signal of that. I, like, this is not the time. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And still, and it not necessarily go into a fight.
2: If
1: you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know your partner, right, it, you would get to a point that you know that, oh, this is a little too soon. I'm not going to, you know, I'm give, give some space a little bit here because uh, I say anything, some pots and pans are going to be flying around. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners.
2: And thanks, Ange, for joining us today.
0: Oh, it was my pleasure.
1: Yeah, and then we can get back to joking around. Yeah. (laughs) For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed our show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, our home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com.
2: And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening.
1: Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
0: You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.